You're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, episode 127. Hey there, you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson, and on this show, we talk about improving your business, life, or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Ange, from Angela Henderson Consulting, where I'm an international award-winning business consultant and coach who has helped thousands of amazing women business owners get all the pieces in place to have consistent five-figure months, and then on to six- and seven-figure years without burning out in the process. I'm so, so, so excited for today's episode. Like, Really, really, really excited. Why? Because I'm bringing on one of my one-on-one clients, Day Tracy, and we're going to be sharing with you how we created a $27 offer and turned it into over $718,000 in less than four months. And we're going deep. Like, I mean, really, really deep. We're going to share with you how much we exactly spent on Facebook ads, what the profit was, how we mapped out this offer. I'm also going to explain to you what a slow funnel offer is. And also she's going to share what it's been like to work with me as her business consultant and how I helped her hit not only $718,000 off of a $27 product this year, but also help her have her first ever seven figure year. It is going to be an epic and real and amazing episode. But before we jump into this amazing episode, I just want to remind you that this episode is sponsored by my mastermind, the Action Takers Mastermind for Women in Business. Applications are now open for 20 women in business to join me on my 12-month online and in-person experience designed to get your business to the next level, whatever that looks like for you. The Action Takers Mastermind helps business owners like you get clarity on what and where to put your focus on. You're also going to get genuine information on what's possible, what works, and what's a waste of time. I'm also going to be able to help give you feedback on your ideas, your skills, etc. We're going to look at different perspectives and those talents and those skills that need to marry that up. You're also going to be able to have opportunity to really meet some other amazing women in business within the mastermind, introductions to new clients, up, you know, up leveling those referral pathways. Remember, your network equals your net worth. You're going to have be able to access to amazing community who understand you and care about what you do. Not to mention during the 12 months, you'll get strategy one-on-one sessions with me, emergency calls with me when you need help ASAP, hot seat calls each month, implementation and coach and co-working sessions each month, 12-month access to a private VIP community, access to other mentors, because not only will you learn from me, but you'll have access to 11 plus other mentors in specific zones of genius to help move your business forward, and a one-day live event on the Gold Coast and another. So that's two live events for the year. That is, again, if COVID stays away, if not, those events will be online. Sound like my 12-month action takers mastermind might be what you need to get your business to the next level. Then I strongly encourage you to head to AngelaHenderson.com.au, backs.com.au, click on the mastermind button and apply today. From there, we'll hop on a discovery call to make sure we're the right fit and we'll get ready to end 2020 with a bang and make 2021 yours to shine. Now let's get into this amazing episode. Welcome to the show, Trace. Hey, Ange. How you doing? I'm good. I'm super, super excited to have you here. But I mean, you have had an absolutely amazing year. But even more special is tell us a little bit about what arrived this last week. 
So one week ago, 5.30 in the morning, our precious little granddaughter arrived into this world, Nora Luce, and she's amazing. And I'm here with my daughter and her husband and the baby now for a couple of weeks. So we're all very happy. Oh, my goodness. I mean, let's be honest. COVID has been one of those years where we're just like, come on, COVID. Do you know what I mean? Give us something. And then I saw those beautiful yeah. pictures. I was like, yay. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like we're seeing a lot more happiness and feeds and obviously you you know you can't predict when the pregnancy is coming but what I'm saying is like there's a little bit more I'm feeling like that the positivity is coming back into the feed a little bit so yeah congratulations on that birth of that beautiful little soul and uh, what a you know first grandchild so super fun yeah thank you yeah we're all super happy and now I mean listen you've actually like I said had a pretty epic year despite COVID let's not lie about it and and we've both talked about being able to still celebrate these wins Mm-hmm. even when others might not be celebrating, but it's still okay to celebrate, right? And, and we've had to work through that a little bit going, oh, what will people think? Or, yeah. you know, are we being insensitive? But today I want to really celebrate because you have kicked some serious ass this year. And I'm really excited <laughs> to, to not like talk about a few things we've done, but more importantly about this $27 offer, because so often Trace, the gurus out there and Facebook ads are telling us high ticket offers, you need high ticket offers, and you need mm-hmm. to be charging this. And it's like, hold on a minute. No, we, we get to test as business owners what we do and what we don't do. And we surely have tested this amazing $27 offer, which has turned into you know $700,000 plus in less than four months. So, but before yeah. we jump into what, how that's all happened, I always like to ask a fun question to my guests. And uh, so, my, so that they just get a chance to know you a little bit more, Trace. And my fun question to you is this, I know that you have a variety of art retreats around the world and they are amazing. I, I watched, you know what I mean, in awe every time you go to another exotic place. But one of the things that I know you love doing is singing, but I also know that you and the crew on your retreats like to do a little bit of karaoke. So my question to you is, what is your all-time favorite song to sing? Oh, that's an easy one. <laughs> it's um, Sinead O'Connor, Nothing Compares to You. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. And I know because yes. you two have just been getting into singing a little bit more within the, like, the house, and I see you do some things on Instagram, and yes. it's really, really cool. I mean, just to be able to shift that energy and pick up the mic, so cool. Mm-hmm. All right, now that we can pretty much, I mean, who wouldn't love to be sipping margaritas at this stage, <laughs> singing and dancing the day away? No. I mean, it is, it is five o'clock somewhere, Trace. So let's it be is. <laughs> But share with the audience a little bit about your business journey. Where did it start and where are you now? Yeah, so I basically kind of discovered my own creativity when I was 33. So that's what, 22 years ago. And up until that time, I really thought that creativity, art especially, like painting, drawing, I really thought it was something that some people were born with and other people were not, right? Mm-hmm. And my brother seemed to have that gift. And so growing up, well, he did, you know, he definitely had a gift. And growing up, so I was the academic one and he was the arty one. And that was kind of like the labels we were given. Mm-hmm. But I always wanted to like, I, would, I was so intrigued by other people's paintings and just it, it felt like a magic thing to me. But I tried, I think when I was about 11, I tried to do a sketch with my brother. And of course, mine was crap because I had never tried before. And I realized later on, he'd like spent the first seven years of his life just drawing and drawing and drawing and copying and practicing. And so that's, you know, that that's kind of where it begins. But it wasn't until I was 33 that I actually saw a little ad in the paper for an art class and decided to start going along one morning a week. Uh-huh. 
And within about three weeks, my mind was just blown because I just had this epiphany that this was actually something that was a learnable skill. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, you know, like just a magic gift that some people got and others didn't. And so it kind of cracked everything wide open for me. And it also made me like, I don't know, I felt like I was walking through the world with my eyes more wide open with a greater sense of confidence. And all of that was coming from the fact that I could paint these little paintings or draw these drawings. And um, I started exhibiting pretty much straight away. And the other thing I started doing straight away was every Wednesday afternoon when I would come home from that art class, I would gather the neighbourhood kids and my two girls who were little Mm -hmm. and we would do an afternoon art class and I would kind of like rehash what I'd learned and put it into kids' speak and started these art classes. So that went on for 12 years after school art classes. It got pretty big but it was always like I was doing three afternoons a week. Um, I tried to franchise but that didn't work out. That didn't really seem to be anywhere else for me to take it um, beyond, you know, $12 a head for an hour lesson in the afternoons. Mm -hmm. Um, And then at some point I started to notice that there were women out there and I'm sure there are men out there as well, but I just noticed these particular women who were out there teaching retreats and workshops around the world. And I was like, oh, my God, that's like that's a thing that people do. Yeah. <laughs> really? Like they're just like sitting on the south coast of Italy and you know, <laughs> they've got their Aperol spritz in their hand and their paintbrush in the other. And I'm like, I ran into Marco and I'm like, look at this. It was in a book that I was reading. I was, this is a thing that people do. So I kind of planted a seed in my head that one day when the girls were older, that this would be something we could pursue because we both love travelling and it was kind of, you know, it felt like it would tie everything together. Um, so fast forward 2012, I actually did take off when the girls were 15 and 18. I took off for three months by myself um, across the USA on a three-month teaching tour, 11 workshops all sold out across the country, um, had never travelled by myself before. I was 47 and that was the beginning. And so since then, I've um, taught over 100 workshops and retreats in person and um, thousands and thousands of students in online classes, um, all based around painting, but also there's a there's a kind of a deeper sense of creativity giving you more confidence and clarity to move through the world. And of all of the retreats, what is your favourite location to paint at? Uh, (laughs) um, that's a really hard one because there's been so many but I think two that really stand out in my mind one was Ischia in Italy which is like this island off Naples um, where we were in a hotel the beach was right in front of us we were painting outside just under a shelter Um, so beach in front and to our left just steps away were three thermal pools (laughs) because it's a volcanic island and so we could just paint jump in the ocean, jump in the thermal pool, order the Aperol spritz. Oh, my goodness, how a luxury, yeah. That was amazing. And then Mexico as well has always been my favourite. Oaxaca in Mexico is an incredible city to find your creativity. And now all we need is for these damn airlines and countries to open because yeah. I think all of us, I mean, we were talking about this before we hit record. I was like, I'm flying up to Cairns in a couple of weeks and I'm like, listen, I'm very grateful to be able to fly up there. But I'm like, it isn't no Bali, right? It's yeah, not, it's not, right. it's not yeah. Mexico. It's, there's something, I mean, there's something about when you get into, 
another country, yeah. the smells and the people yeah. and the language and the food, like everything just, you know, yeah. takes you to this magical place, right? Yeah. So Absolutely. I think many people are hanging for this to happen again. Mm. But it will come. It will come. It will come. Absolutely. I guess one of the things that I want to emphasize that what we're about to talk about, and I'm going to kind of talk about, I'll probably recap at the end though, is that you've been doing this for 22 years. Mm-hmm. And when you posted in my side of my Facebook group, you know, thank you, Ange, for your help, you know, because of you doing this and helping mm-hmm. me, I'm been, I think it was about paying off your mortgage. Yep. And then yep. people, a lot of people start messaging me going, how can I work with you? I want to do what Tracy did. Da, 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 da. And I was like, hold on a minute. Do you know what I mean? Like, yep. I can help yep. with your strategy and I can help move your business forward. But it's important to understand that anyone, like what we're about to share with this $27 offer and how not only we've hit the 700000 from that, but you've now hit the million for this year and we still have a couple months left, mm-hmm. is that you've been working 22 years mm-hmm. of yeah. finding yourself finding yep. your niche, creating your audience and nurturing. You are one of the best examples when it comes to nurturing an audience. You continue to show up, you're consistent, but your kindness can be felt through your Instagram posts, through your messaging and everything. And so, uh, you know, maybe there'll be a few of you out there that could go and replicate this, but I'm going to say that it would be very hard, all right, to replicate this because You just don't go from zero to a million overnight, even though you may see Facebook posts and people on planes and their laptops on the beach. I'm here to tell you, it typically doesn't work like that. So would you like to add anything to that? Because I think it's important that we set this this tone uh, because I don't want anyone... I'm here. We're going to be going through your numbers. We're going to be super transparent about how much we spend on ads and things like that. But I don't want everyone to think this is a quick fix because this has not been a quick fix for you, Trace. Absolutely. And and I get a lot of um, DMs around the same thing, you know, where people are just like, I would really love to do what you do. Can you just give me, you know, your number one tip as to how to get to where you got to? I'm like, there is no number one tip. Like it's a, it's a lifetime of trying things, making mistakes. Like I've had so many entrepreneurial, um, you know, small businesses. I, when my daughter was first daughter was one you know I started Mexican cooking classes in her house I was a Tupperware lady when I was 21 and became a manager in the U.S. like I've had so many different things that I've done where that haven't worked out but I think what's important is to kind of realize that from every single thing that doesn't work out in your life especially business-wise there's something to learn from it and I can see I can look back and I could write a book on what I have learned from each different endeavor that didn't work out and how those things that I've learned have actually helped me to be successful with this business. Yep. And what I think is, is a lot of people like, oh, I failed in this and oh, I failed mm. in this. I really like to reframe that from mm. what those failures are the lessons. They're yeah. the lessons that we need to go move us forward. And if yeah. you keep getting stuck and mm. stuck, you mm. haven't learned the lesson. Yes. And so, you know, there's a few things that even in my, my time, do you know what I mean? Like um, the way I hire people, you know, and then the way I fire people also, right? Is yeah. that's like, oh, it's COVID. I don't want to upset them. You know what right. I mean? And I'm like, oh, hell no. Do you know what I mean? And so yeah. one of the things, again, I talked about a little bit last year, but I've got an even tighter this year. Is like mm-hmm. I hire fast and I 
fire faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. because what was happening is, is it was stunting with the growth because I was yeah. taking on their shit that isn't my shit. But it's like what happened was, is I wasn't learning the lesson. So I kept hiring people and then yeah. I'd always like, they weren't doing what they do. And then I'd let, and I'm like, so that was my own fault. And finally I learned the lesson and had the aha yeah. moment. So if you're out there listening and, and just kind of shaking your head and you keep going, why does this keep happening? Why yeah. does this keep happening? That's my yeah. first indicator to the clients that I work with is you haven't learned the lesson yet. Go exactly. and unpack what that lesson is that you need to learn to get you to the next level. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I absolutely know that the two biggest lessons that, you know, I kept getting stuck in. I don't know if you want to talk about that Yeah. now, but um, one was the whole idea of having like an organizational structure, like the the, the, the underlying structure of the business, because mm-hmm. I've always been a person that just wings it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I come up with ideas like that and I just fly by the seat of my pants and jump in before I know what I'm, what I really, you know, whether I can do it or not. Um, and that, that can kind of work for a while, but as you get to a certain level, things start to just implode or fall apart because you don't have the systems in place. And so that was probably one of the biggest things that I wasn't learning over and over again in those other businesses and that you've really helped me with, um, and I, oh, I can't think of the other one right now because it's <laughs> gone on my head. We put you on the spot. We, we yeah. could, there'll be lots that we're going to cover. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And I know like even your um, your daughter is kind of like your go-to, your 2IC in your business, Cece, who's yeah. an amazing human being. And uh, she'd be yeah. like, Ma, you got, yeah. you can't keep doing this. Remember what <laughs> Anne said? Ma, no. Like, can you run this by Anne, Jeremy? And you'd yeah. be like, no. Yeah. And you're like, okay. And yeah. so, but again, I agree with you is you know, I don't I see it often whether or not you call yourself a creative entrepreneur or just an entrepreneur in general. We yeah. are where we are because we are able to come up with amazing ideas and typically yeah. we're not afraid to test them like that. Yeah. So I do think we need that character. But mm-hmm. as you said, it's when that character starts to overtake everything else, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's like it stunts the growth, right? Yeah. And there's yes. a beautiful book that I read this year called The E Myth. And mm-hmm. it talks about there's three main types of characters within your business. You've got the entrepreneur, you have the manager, and you have the, you have the technician. And typically, all three of those people, what we all do them all, all those roles at the very beginning. But as our business starts to grow, as we remain, we get to be that entrepreneur and come up with the ideas and be that visionary. But then the manager, in your example, Cece, then gets to take those ideas. And then we've got someone else or in this example cc still does it but we execute those ideas right absolutely um, but again we've needed to understand it and unpack that to get us to where we are yes and that was the second thing that was that was the second thing is that i don't have to do everything myself mm-hmm. and that you know what i was doing for all of those years was like i need to be in control of everything and do every single facet of the business and that doesn't work either so it doesn't yeah. because you can't use yeah. Genius. And another thing we know is that you then aren't getting into the studio and mm-hmm. the studio is what lights you up, fills yep. your cup. Right. And then what yes. happens is, and I see this with a lot of the artists that I work with is that they're like, they start to get crabby. They start to mm-hmm. get cranky yep. uh, and they start going, why is it? And then my question always is, when was the last time you were in studio? And they're right. like, it's been weeks. And I'm like, yeah. go back to studio. Do you know what I mean? Find you, your crap you become, again. Yeah. You become resentful of your business and that's yes. not the way to be. You know? And whether or not it's the studio or whether whether or not for some people it's Pilates or whether or not it's some people, whatever that is, right? Yeah. But mm-hmm. you can't let that cup go on empty because yeah. it will start to have an unbalance um, in yeah. that. Yeah. Now, today we're not only going to talk about how we created together the $27 offer and turn that into $700,000 plus. We're also going to be sharing with the audience what it's been like for you to work with 
me in the role of a business consultant. So can you start off with also sharing with the listeners how you decided to start working with me and what were some of the challenges? You've mentioned some of them that you Mm -hmm. were facing at the time before you decided to work with me as a consultant. Yeah, so I first met you, Ange, um, at the Heart Centred Business Conference in Brisbane. Mm -hmm. So that was in February, was it last year? 2019. Yes, because then you hired me at the end of 2019. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And, and so it took me, that's how long it took me, like from meeting you, from hearing you, from thinking, oh, I'd really like to work with her because I had been ruminating about, do I need a coach? No, I don't need a coach. I've done it by myself this far, you know, like all of yeah, those yeah. things in my head. And it, so it took another seven months before I actually made, you know, oh, okay, I'll have this 15 minute kind of free call with you or whatever it was you yeah, know yeah. like I've got nothing to lose I can say no um and so all of that was kind of going on in my head but what was really coming up for me was that a couple of things I felt like I, I had done really well and that I was kind of cruising along and averaging out the year with about 30,000 uh coming in in revenue each month um, but it wasn't consistent. You know, there were some months that were 12 and some months that were 50 if we had a launch, mm-hmm. that type of thing. And, um, yeah, I kind of thought, well, what could I do to make this a little more consistent? Also, we were have and have been for like 20 years or so um, helping a school in Mexico and now helping in Cambodia as well. Um, and so we really wanted to find a way to be able to contribute more to those projects that we're already working with. So there were a lot of things kind of going on and there was self-doubt. There was, um, I remember somebody saying to me when I kind of hit a peak in 2014 and I had my first e-course and I had my book come out um, and that was a massive year, not as big as this year, but I remember somebody saying, oh, you probably get about a four-year stint at being, you know, what, whatever, like being not famous but being the most visible person in this particular niche. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did start to notice up-and-coming new teachers that people were excited about these new classes and I felt a little bit like people were moving away from me. You know, it was like that, that yeah. starting to, like, feel that sense of, scarcity you know or like oh maybe I won't be the flavor of the month anymore you know whatever yep. <laughs> and, and and I and I really have worked a lot on abundance mindset for many many years but I could feel it I was aware of it I'm like oh we need to like nip this in the bud you know uh-huh. <laughs> like, do something about this so they were, that was all of the things that were going on when I contacted you and you were immediately just so it felt like you were so um sure and certain that you know this actually wasn't a problem and there were strategies and things we could do to you know get through it to change my to shift my mindset to you know achieve the goals that I wanted to achieve actually I didn't even have goals you were the one that kind of said to me what what financial goal would you like to set this year so there were a lot of things that you helped me put in place right in the beginning that I would never have done for myself Mm -hmm. Um, yeah yeah and I know it's uh, I like that you touched about it because when you first came to me 
there was a lot of fear there. You may not yeah. have named it fear, but it was like, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, because like we did the discovery call and then you came back and you had like a bunch of questions, right? Yeah. And uh-huh. I said, these are all very great questions, Trace. I said, but this is mm-hmm. fear cut trying to creep in. It's yeah. fear is trying to get you. And there's a, a little bit of nervousness too, because you never worked with a consultant and you're in a, you had to like take the leap, right? Because you're yeah. like, yeah. this is, you know, I've got to, you know, where's my ROI? How am I going to see yeah. the ROI? And I was like, listen, yeah. I was like, at the beginning, we're going to be looking at the foundations and I'll talk about that in a minute, but it's like, and I was like, so we might have to go backwards a little bit before we go yeah. forwards. And you yeah. were kind of like, oh, okay. I'm not too <laughs> sure about how I feel about that. And so again, because a lot of people think that working with a consultant means like, I'm going to sprinkle rainbows and unicorns out of yeah. everyone's asses, right? But I'm like, no, we still have to put the work in. Yeah. And sometimes, like you said, we've either have to slow down to speed up or we've got to go backwards to go forward, right? Yes. It's like yeah. a dance. It's like the two-stepping, you know, two steps, you know, two, two, one, two, two, one, yeah. right? And people, but then, but because you never work with a consultant, like I said, I understood it. And, and I see this regularly with people, right? There's that hesitation. What makes made you though finally take the jump or or make the shift to go you know what I'm going to invest yeah myself and I'm going to hire you Ange what was that kind of like uh aha you're like I'm in we're good we're doing it yeah I think there was something very intuitive about this is something that I that I need to do Mm -hmm. um and I also I had you know this kind of thing about money because I'd never really invested any money in my business before Mm -hmm. I'd never invested any money with ads I think I'd thrown a few you know dollars here and there at Instagram ads without even knowing what I was doing um but for me to like actually spend a monthly amount on a consultant was like oh god yeah as you're saying where is the return how can I justify that and how can I see it coming back in and so I have this funny thing that I do um, where I, I paint these little owls that sell like hotcakes whenever yeah, they're I awesome. Thank I you. Have, I have one. I'm looking at it as we record. Yes. So they're wise and wonky owls. And I know that every time I post those, I can sell them and, but I don't get out and paint very often. So I kind of, Marco and I had this thing that we did in our heads where we started to talk in owl currency. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of said to myself, well, if I start to work with Ange, that's really only, I think it would have been four hours per mm-hmm. month. Mm-hmm. And I thought I can get out there and work for a half a day and paint four hours and pay Ange. Like, so it, it just helped me to kind of shift it into that. Sounds like weird, owl, owl currency. Owl no, currency. I like it. Yeah. Exactly. So that was kind of, you know, the tipping factor. It's like, I wanted to work with you, but the money thing was holding me back because I'd never invested that kind of monthly money before in my business. But then when I put it to myself that way, I'm like, okay, I can do that. I can do this and we'll see how it's going to work. We'll give it a try and we'll see what happens. And I'm happy to say we definitely have a fucking return on investment. <laughs> All right. We have a return. We have hit the million dollars in return on investment. So, so yeah. that, like I said, it just, when I got, we'll talk more about it, but when I got that text yeah. message of you screenshotting, we did it. And I was like, fuck yeah. 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 Now, as I said, though, is about foundation. So when anyone works with me, I work with one of the top plastic surgeons in Australia. I work with a bunch of Jinami people who think they got all their ducks in a row. Right. But when yeah. anyone works with me, the first thing I do is go back to the foundations. I look at website, I look at messaging and sales funnels, because without these foundations, it's very hard to grow, go to the growth and then to the scale stage. Now that you're on the other side of working with me, what can you say to those listening about the importance of getting the foundations laid correctly? Oh, absolutely. That would have changed, would have been a game changer for me if I had known this, say, seven years ago when I first started doing the adult workshops and online classes. Mm -hmm. Um, It could have saved so much overwhelm, stress, 
heartache, like just Mm -hmm. anxiety. Um, Yeah, like what you've helped us to put in place has has been one of the key factors in, in the phenomenal growth this year, absolutely. And it just makes it like, it makes it so that you actually don't fall into that kind of pit of overwhelm because things are just, they, they start to tick along and they just start to work because all the pieces are talking to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels like a huge thing to do. Like we're still doing it. We're still revamping sales pages on some of my old classes. Like it's a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Um, but we know what we're supposed to do. It's like a formula. Exactly right. You're like, yeah. and and because the thing is, is that you had never ran Facebook ads ever, no. like pretty much as in like, yes, you, th- you boosted a few things, but you never run yes. ads. And I was like, yeah. listen, until we get these foundations in place and all the things, mm. all those pieces, I said, I don't want to be running ads mm. for you because we're going to be, dr- you're going to be paying for juicy traffic and we're going to yeah. get them back to these ecosystems and they're yeah. not going to convert. So yes. again, it's like, we had to get the foundations and CC was working double time. You guys were all working double time to get it there. And then we yeah. laid it. And then I was like, all right, we're getting there. Yeah. And so the foundations, like I said, now that we got the foundations taken care of, we then car- we created a challenge, right? And with your audience, which was at the beginning of the year. And I think you were in Fiji or you were like you were traveling and we're like doing yeah. lives as you're in Fiji and presenting yeah. in this, which then led to your uh, launch, which was fantastic. Yeah. And by creating this launch strategy for the challenge. Now, I want to say the $27 is different to the challenge. All right, yeah. folks, but I just want to lay kind of a little bit of the story here is Mm-hmm. Trace had never ran ads before. She had never mm-hmm. had a six-figure launch before. Her foundations were a bit all over the place, but we got the foundation secure. We then put the challenge. You already had that ready to rock and roll. And I yep. said, listen, we're going to need to test ads. If you want to grow, and I guess I'll take you one step further. We've mapped out your goals, and you said, Angela, I want to hit 700K this year. Mm-hmm. I yep. said, Okay. What you're currently doing, we're just going to keep repeating that because you can yeah. only get so many people into retreats. You can only, I said, we need to go to a one-to-many, a bigger one-to-many model. So we're yeah. going to need to bring in ads. And you're like, how much do ads cost? And I said, well, <laughs> I said how long is a piece of string? And, and I said, for you, I said, I believe that we need to work with a particular person who's been in this space for a while. And that's Jody Milford, who's an amazing ad specialist from around, you know, she lives here in the sunny coast in Britain, Australia. Yeah. And, um, and he said, well, well, what does she cost? And I said, it's going to be a few thousand for her only, you said. And I was like, yes. <laughs> I know. And then you're like, but I'm also paying you. And I'm like, I know. I was like, you Trace I was like, please trust me on this. And you're like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. And then. And then yeah. I was such a newbie because then I didn't realize that the ad spend was on top of, you know, Jody's. And I'm like, oh God, there's more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you're like, oh my goodness. You're like edge. And then I was like, I was like, trust me on this. I was like trust the process and you're like okay and I said listen I said we can always shut ads off I said if if we get it's too much cost per lead or whatever I said we can always stop but I said the thing with you and and this is one of the variables that I I need people to understand is in this entire equation is you have a very loyal following you've got a very juicy email list right again Mm -hmm. importance of building your list you've got a great following on socials so again you had that in our favor and I said I believe Mm -hmm. this is going to work for us and so from that challenge back in Jan, you then hit your first ever six figure launch mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're like, and it's not even like end of Feb and we're like, we're doing good here. And I was like, yeah. And then we had, you know, so we wrapped up that launch and then yeah. COVID hit us. Yeah. And I started to see the fear start to creep back in. Yeah. You're like, yeah. and I've got to cancel all of the retreats from around the world by the, or not cancel. I'm, I have to postpone them around the world. Yes. And then you took a little bit of a break from me at that stage and he said yep. and 
just with COVID. And then it's funny, the owls come back, right? And you and I, before we wrapped up, we said, I said, Trace, how many owls do you need to sell per month just to keep everything (laughs) ticking along while we figure out COVID? Yeah. And you said, we figured it out. And you said, we're great. And so you just start selling owls and we were cool. But then all of a sudden you came back and you're like, Ange, we're ready. We're good. We got, we finished up, we tied up some more of it. And now we're, you know, yeah. we're going to look at what else can we do? And what I said, listen, I said, let's look at your old content. Mm-hmm. I said, and let's look at a slow liquidating offer funnel, which uh, is, it's technically an SOL is what people call it. Is it, and it's yeah. a slow funnel. It's, there's basically three parts to a slow, which is the front offer an upsell and an OTO, which is otherwise known as a one-time offer. Mm-hmm. And I said, can you share with the audience? Like for me is, is I want you because I was thinking, well, what can we do to your audience? Right. Cause mm-hmm. right. COVID's hit. And so we're like, what could we offer them that's yeah. going to help with their creativity, keep their mind, do you know what yep. I mean? In good spirit, et cetera, during this time. And you're like, yep. listen, I, I think, I think we've got a few things. So can yeah. you share with your audience what you put together or what we put mm-hmm. together and what the price points were? Cause you had a $27 front end offer mm-hmm. and then explain the rest for us. Yeah. And so, yeah, the $27 offer was actually initially um, like a a small five-day pop-up promo that we had had at the front end of the January launch, the February launch. Um, And so then it was just kind of, it was five great little videos, was just kind of sitting on my computer and I was like, well, I think I said to you, well, we can't really put a price on that because I actually offered it for free for five days. Mm. And you're like, yeah, we can. I'm like, well, how? People will be mad at me, you know? And then you were like, well, they didn't get to download it last time. They probably, a lot of people probably didn't even get to do it in five days. Like mm. people are going to jump on it. So I was like, okay, well, that was a, that was a mental shift. Okay. You can put a little price on something, you know, that was previously just a little pop-up. Um, so that kind of was there, five little videos to spark creativity, to help people um, not get stuck and, you know, feel freedom and creative expression. And then we came up with some inspiration prompts that were digital so we didn't have to mail anything out. People could download their own inspiration prompts and that was the um, the bump. Um, and and how much we, was the bump? Um, it's seven, I believe. Yep. And then for 77, we have a one-time offer, which is um, one of my existing classes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Again, all of these, again, I want to, I just cannot reemphasize enough. You do not need high ticket offers, right, mm-hmm. in order to make this work. The other yeah. thing is, is that um, high ticket offers, but you also don't need to go and create new content, right is you already had this content so it wasn't about I wasn't asking you to work harder because I was also very mindful at time of COVID people's morale was a little bit lower people were uncertain and because of that if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs people were just functioning on this kind of bottom two realms you know safety security so I was like let's not do anything more let's just let's test it and the beautiful thing is when you create a slow funnel is you can see what pieces of the funnel are working and what aren't and you can then take a piece out and replace it with another piece of content right Mm -hmm. so it's always can be a work in progress so that's what we had is we had a 27 front offer we had a seven dollar bump and a 77 dollar one-time offer yeah now I, I get a lot of people say well that's great and you've hit seven hundred and eighty thousand dollars in less than you know eighteen thousand sorry less than four months mm-hmm. uh but what's the data behind it and you've given me permission and we've spoken with jody mm-hmm. the ads manager so we've got exact data so we're not you know i mean these are the numbers we spent yeah. three hundred and forty two thousand now i want to back up this is from june 16th when we mm-hmm. started ads 
through to October 8th. So this won't air until I think mid-November. So for those of you guys that are, you know, we're going to be very clear, June 16th through to October 8th, uh, we spent $342,390 on ad spend. Our front offer brought in $540,179.51. Our bump brought in Mm $47,298.24. Our one-time offer brought in Mm $131,391.45 for a total sales of $718,869.20. All right. (laughs) So if you just, again, and this isn't, if you just take off all of the ad spend expense and just come out, we were left working with a profit roughly of $376,479.20. Now, we would also need to go in and take a little bit off for what you paid for Jody, you know, um, on top of that, what you paid for CeCe's wage on top of that. But roughly, let's say, give or take, you still had $350,000 roughly worth of profit. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, I mean, I don't think anyone would be complaining about that profit margin <laughs> over a four month period. I mean, that's pretty yep. good. I that's also amazing. just want to break down that our front offer of that twenty seven dollar, we actually were able to help fourteen thousand one hundred and seventy four yes. people. Yeah. I'm more creative. Yes. I mean, yeah. that's pretty awesome. The yeah. bump we then sold on to 4,608 people. And then the OTO was 1,199 people yeah. took that offer up. But yeah. the bottom number, though, is, is everyone still had to buy that first $27 product, which mm-hmm. means, again, we helped create and spark creativity and bring joy into people's lives to over 14,000 people. I mean, during yeah. a time of COVID, which is absolutely mm-hmm. remarkable that they were given an, an, an allowed an opportunity to be able to access something during that time. So, yeah, it's fantastic. It's so good. And like, you, you know, you, you don't see like the, the emails that we receive and just the ripple effect that comes from that, you know, people who haven't painted for 50 years or somebody who was told, you know, that wanted to pursue it, but was told when they were 15 that they were no good. And so they never did it. Like just people's lives are changing um, from a small, from a $27 offer. So it's incredible. But not only are lives changing, and this is one of the things that we talk about is about also creating the legacy is so not only are those people's lives changing from a place of art, yeah. But can you talk a little bit about, because one of our things that you and I talk often about is that mm-hmm. it's okay to have more money than what we need. Yeah. It's okay to make more money than family and friends. It's safe to make more mm-hmm. money than family and friends, but mm-hmm. it's just not about making more as in we can buy more properties or we can no. go on more trips or we can buy more cars. You yeah. also are very, very committed to giving back. And we know yeah. that the more wealth that you make, the more you can contribute back to these communities. So can yeah. you also share that by making this $27 product, how much yeah. you've also given back into those people in Cambodia and things like that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, it's an important thing for me because like one of the things that was always holding me back as far as um, taking the business to that next level was the the idea of, you know, what will you be seeing, how will you be seen if you are making lots of money, you know, like you become not one of the group anymore, right? Right, Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's all of those fears around that being kind of cast out or, oh, she's rich now or whatever, you know, like all those silly things. Um, But in reality, like Marco and I were were very like um, kind of a bit bohemian and alternative, like we've built our own mud brick house and we're not really 
we don't spend a lot of money, you know. <laughs> we just yeah. we like we like to use secondhand materials, pre-loved things. We love to recycle all of that. But in the background of everything, I remember many years ago when we first started working with the school in Mexico, we put on our vision board that we would like to send a hundred thousand dollars to the school, um, and it's a school in a very poor area in Tijuana. Um, my, our friend Christine, who's an American Stanford um, educated, highly intelligent woman, has devoted her life to this school of creativity. You know, basically in a slum, um, and so we've been able to spend little bit, send little bits of money over all of these years. But you know, when this happened, it's like, wow, we really could start to send huge amounts and really, you know, finance certain aspects of these schools. And then the other thing was that a couple of years ago, Cece and I went to Cambodia. Um, another friend was running a school of creativity there. And so when COVID hit Cambodia, we've since been, I've since been twice, um, not during COVID, but before. Um, when COVID hit, all of the families that were at these schools that we knew um, no longer had any work or money for food at all. Like it's already a country that's so um poverty stricken Mm -hmm. Um, but now they're not even making their seven dollars a day to afford to buy rice so basically what this last four months has allowed us to do not just Marco and I but our whole community um, is to feed and sustain I think we're up to about 500 families over four months Um, I haven't done the final figures but we're somewhere around 40,000 kilos of rice Mm-hmm. that we've been able to distribute, buy and distribute to villages around Siem Reap. Um, and then now what's happening is I have students who are reaching out to sponsor specific families, which is amazing. Um, so that to me, like, um, that sparks my joy, like more than checking the numbers in the morning. I'd rather get a, um, an email from my friend who, who I've sponsored him with a duck farm and he yeah. sends me, he sends me daily updates on how many duck eggs he has. And like that. Oh my that goodness. He's so happy. It's like, how yeah. can you not just like, but again, you're making yeah. the world a better place. And this yeah. is the thing I say this over is when you get wealth into the hands of women, you not yeah. only change your community locally, but you change yep. the world. Mm-hmm. Um, the data shows that, and I say this again repetitively, men are less likely to recontribute that wealth, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yes, you've had some of you've had the best year in business, but yeah. you're equally just going right back and contributing, right? Like yeah. Right back. And it's like yeah. I see the photos of the families in Cambodia because they they send your friend sends those yeah. photos to you and you share it. Yeah. And it's like these families are like beyond grateful, yeah. beyond grateful that, and it's rice. It's not yeah. like they're getting fruit and veggies and everything else because they can't right. access from what I understand is it's not something that's an option. It's like rice people four yeah. months. That's what these families have had. Cause there's no tourism, no nothing. And it's like, because of you, like again, you've been able to help 500 families yeah. uh, still be here, which just yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. And with hitting the million, I want to talk about, so like, obviously, from this tiny offer, not only did you meet your annual goal that we mapped out earlier, which was Mm 700,000, combined it with your other offers and the owl paintings, you know, Mm -hmm. et cetera, you've now hit over, I got the email or the screenshot, Mm -hmm. and we've done it, we've hit the million, and there was still a quarter of the year left. Yeah. (laughs) You're able to pay your mortgage, again, you're able to give back, but how did it feel to finally hit the million, to be like, I'm in the seven figures? 
Yeah, it just, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those pinch me moments. It's happening, but it's like, wow, like this is, and you know, the other thing is too, like I, you and I have talked before about um, energy, right? And money yeah. is just energy. It's just an exchange of energy. Um, and if you're putting good stuff out and good stuff is coming back in then you just keep on circulating it and moving it, moving it, don't let it get stuck. And I remember years ago, because we struggled for a lot of years, and um, years ago, Marco and I would always say to each other, we wish we had, if we just had 10,000 extra in the bank, we'd feel secure, you know, like if we weren't just paying the bills every month and we had that extra 10,000. And then this year, it quickly, quite quickly, got to the point where we had an extra 100,000 in the bank. Mm-hmm. And when I looked at it, I went, I said to him, you know, there's actually just a zero. There's actually no difference because there's a zero difference between the 10,000 and the 100,000. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as your perspective goes of what that is, it's nothing. It's just an energy. And I, I said to him, okay, well, now the million is just one more zero. So, right. yeah, yeah. And um, it just flipped something in our minds to kind of go, well, this is possible and doable and think how much more we can then contribute um, in the way that we're doing once we kind of hit that level. So it just it felt great. Um, but it felt affirming. Um, yeah, yeah, we celebrated. <laughs> you did, hell yeah. I was like, crack at the champagne. I was yeah, like, if yeah. it wasn't for COVID, we'd all yeah. be together. I was like, one day it will happen. But I was like, it yeah. was like, you know, it was a very, you know, I was just so, so ecstatic for you. And again, 22 years, people, right? Mm-hmm. It might not take you to all listening of their 22 years, but again, yeah. this didn't happen overnight. Yeah. Now, one of the things that since hitting the million is, there's some other things that have come up. And I think this is important because every time we hit another revenue goal or another bucket or another goal, we still have to shift our mindset. Things have to shift. We have to start looking at perspective differently. I know a good friend of mine, Denise Duffield Thomas, we often talk about even, you know, her, she hits one million plus per year. Her, her mindset's still always shifting, but you know, what does that look like for you in regards to having to shift your mindset or, or, or understanding of wealth or what people may have been like, ah, oh, you know, what is that a pyramid yeah. scheme? Like, what does that look like for you? <laughs> yeah. So it was funny because when, when we first started with the tiny offer um, and Mark and I were so excited and we did tell a few friends what was going on. We've tried to explain to them and like really close friends. And I remember one friend did say, well, I don't, I don't understand. How can you make that much money from what, what do you mean? What do you mean Facebook ads? What, what is this? Is this a pyramid scheme? You know? And we're like, no, it's not a pyramid scheme. This is something that I've created that's helping people. And this is lots of people are buying it, like thousands of people are buying it. And they just didn't get it. So we actually, in that first month, after having a couple of conversations like that, decided that we wouldn't kind of just tell everybody what was going on. Mm-hmm. You know, it wouldn't go into the nitty gritty of it. We'd just say, yeah, this is, this is great. You know, lots of people are looking for online classes right now. And we're doing fantastic and so we kind of realized you had to like reel it back in a little bit mm-hmm. and be selective about who you showed your excitement and the details to mm-hmm. um, I also one of the other things that I had to really shift was my whole um my whole like need for everybody to like me mm-hmm. <laughs> because that was like part of having a close strong following a loyal following is that you know you've got your people around you who will do anything for you and you know who love what you do and all of that and putting myself out there with ads to thousands and thousands of people who have never heard of anything that I've done meant that 
you know, people were saying nasty things on the ads and, um, and at first that was difficult. It was like, you know, my dog can do better than that. Um, who you're not even, art. you know, people were saying horrible things. Some people were saying that's not abstract art or you can't say abstract art is easy, you know, like yes. all of these things. So, um, at first I was reading every single message and that wasn't very good for my headspace. Um, and so we then worked out, um, that CC would take care of that. And then we've now hired somebody else, um, in the U S so that we're covering the t- time zones, mm-hmm. um, so that, yeah, we can either hide comments that are, you know, comments that are just abusive mm-hmm. yeah, and just hide them. I know that, but you've had a significant mindset with that because yeah. when they first started coming, you would reach out to me because when people work with yeah. me in a one-to-one capacity, yeah. they have my yeah. phone number, we're friends on yeah. Facebook, like it's a very high touch point. And you'd be like, Ange, look at this. Ange, look at this. Yeah. Ange, look at this. I was like, hold on, let's take a deep breath. And you yeah. haven't messaged me no. for ages. Do you know what I mean? No. So it's like, again, but it's like, we work through it. We said, where is this coming from? Da, 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 da. Yeah. And now you're just like, screw them. Do you know what I mean? I'm yeah. here. I'm changing lives. I'm helping yeah. people around the world. Like, and that's yeah. the thing is when you start to grow more and more, there's jealousy that comes in with people, right? Mm-hmm. Or there's fear yeah. of their own stuff. I always say that's on them. That is yeah. their own yeah. shit. Right. Yeah. Um, and people will do whatever they can to try and drag you down. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. You know, these are the things that people, you know, I, I and I just want to touch upon it because it's like, yes, you can hit the million, but it doesn't mean that the, everything's still smooth sailing. You still yeah. have to work on the next round of your mindset for what's yeah. going to come next, etc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd also just love to know for you personally, what has been your favorite part working with me as your business consultant? Yeah, I think just like having someone there, having you there to kind of run ideas by you know whenever <laughs> whenever anything kind of springs into my mind but also you are very good at um helping me to prioritize what I need to be working on and what I don't need to be working on so that's mm-hmm. you're like my voice of reason you know so, <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea but let's just put that one aside for now because we're focusing on this right yeah yeah because um, I have that tendency to be really kind of you know, um, attracted to shiny things and, you know, going off on different tangents. Yep. Um, so, yeah, you're kind of there to always kind of pull me into line in a loving way. <laughs> loving, I do, it is loving yeah. people. Yes, 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 it is, you know, like just uh, this is what we're focusing on now um, and just knowing that I've got you there as that touch point whenever I need you mm-hmm. um, is, is awesome, it's so good. No, no, thank you for that. And again, Cece always cracks me up. She'll be like, Ma, you need to speak with Ange. I, I was like, I'll get a message from Cece. You're going to need to speak with mom about this, Ange, because yeah. she's got another one, you know, and we do. So, yeah. no, I mean, that is the thing. Now, for those listeners, though, sitting on the fence, and because we're obviously, we're getting ready to end 2020 with a bang, and we're getting ready to make 2021 even better. But there'll be yep. listeners sitting on the fence who've been wanting to work with me as a business consultant or coach. And you'll be yeah. like, oh, I don't know. Again, what's the ROI? What is that? Someone else that, you know, what are some words of encouragement that you would give them? I think as women, a lot of times we feel like, especially if you're starting out in a business, we don't actually feel like we're worthy of investing in ourselves. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like somehow we think we've got to actually do all the work and, um, you know, just like work our butts off without actually investing any money um, and then hope that things will come back. But I think there needs to be a shift in that mindset that that actually, you know, all startups have to invest money to get going, right? Right. Um, and so that kind of the feeling of that you are worthy of investing in your own business 
mm-hmm. would be a huge thing that I would encourage women to do um, to get started. Um, if you're if you're just starting up, like working with someone like you, Angel, just I think it would have saved me in the beginning like hundreds, if not thousands, of hours um, mm-hmm. of just going down the wrong direction or um, chasing my tail or, you know, yeah. all those things. Like it would have given me clarity a lot earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, so I think, you know, in the end, like just that that kind of upfront investment to work with you, even to try it out for a few months, six months, you know, yep. um, to see how it goes, I, well, well, well worth it. And again, my whole thing is, is I learned, you know, in the last 10 years of being in business with both businesses is that when you pay, you pay attention. Yes. It's like you show up more, your confidence grows more, you open the emails, you do the work, right? It's like you're paying for it, right? Yes. Um, Another thing that I have found personally, and I say this often on the podcast, is that the transformation occurs when the transaction takes place. Yeah. And it might be a $10 transaction to go to a networking event. It could be, you know, I now spend anywhere from forty dollars to $60,000 a year on personal mm-hmm. development, right? Like, yeah. but the transformation occurs. Every, mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, I don't know how to explain, but once you do it, you're like, yeah. oh man, why did I not do this earlier? Right? Right. right. And so, yeah. yeah, it's just the transformation, you know, but again, I think it's, it's about believing in yourself and about trusting the process. And, you know, it's not one-to-one isn't for everyone. Like, again, not everyone might be able to bootstrap to, you know what I mean, and pay for one-to-one. But again, we've yeah. got a variety of the ways that people can work with us to still meet the needs for where women are now. And my whole mission is, is to make sure that by 2025, I've worked with an additional 2000 women to make sure they've got the tools, community and resources they need to grow those businesses. And like yeah. I said, I want to have it in a variety of price points, which we do because yeah again people need things in different ways right so yeah so now for those listeners that are out there though I always wrap up with this final question Trace what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started off in business okay um okay so I definitely know that um I can't do everything myself Mm -hmm. Uh, that outsourcing is one of the most important things that you can do for your business um and what else and I think I you know I think I've already covered it because I think for me it comes back to those underlying systems um Mm -hmm. just having that really concrete foundation Mm -hmm. so that things don't fall apart when you you keep reaching those new levels Mm -hmm. fantastic and for those listeners that are like I need to get me a piece of trace or they need one of those wonky owls or <laughs> one of your commission pieces, or they want to join the $27 genomine offer, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Where can these amazing listeners find you trace? Yeah. So everything is pretty much under my name, Tracy Verdugo. So tracyverdugo.com and then all my socials, Instagram, Facebook, et cetera, are under my name as well. Yes. Well, listen, Trace, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast today. Oh, and I hope that you get to enjoy, do you know I mean, that beautiful little love muffin, that baby. Yeah. Uh, and again, this is one of the things that we talked about was we knew baby was coming. So we strategized yeah. our offers and things that we needed to work on to make sure yeah. that you had to dis- this downtime with Bob and your daughter, yeah. right? Exactly. Uh, these things, again, once we d- take from brain and put it to paper, these things like this can happen. So I think you've got two mm-hmm. weeks or a total of two weeks just hanging out being... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the exactly. world of the baby.
baby bubble bubble I should say now before we wrap up again I just want to re-emphasize that I'm here to tell you that you do not have to have high ticket offers in order to help more people and to grow your business you know Trace is a prime example of this so I would encourage you to be thinking about what content do you already have what could you turn into a small offer through the slow funnel what does your audience need right now to get some transformation from you right and again get their transaction they pay you for a transaction and they see their own transformation what does that look like for them and what do they need and before we sign off though please remember that my team and I will also be putting together the show notes for this episode at angelahenderson.com.au and as I mentioned earlier in the intro my 12-month action takers mastermind applications are now open so if you'd like to work with your slow funnel get your strategy mapped out and make 2021 an awesome year make sure to apply for the mastermind by heading to angelahenderson.com.au and click on mastermind thanks again Trace for an amazing episode I love working with you and CC and I can't wait to see 2021 even better than this year yeah thanks so much and for the rest of you have a fabulous day no matter where you are in the world and i look forward to you joining me again next week for another awesome episode of the business and life conversations podcast have an awesome day thanks for listening to the business and life conversations podcast with angela henderson www.angelahenderson.com.au